Matt Williamson's top 10 offensive and top 10 defensive players in the 2022 NFL Draft and some really sad news that shocked the NFL world this week with the passing of Dwayne Haskins. All that and more coming up on this episode of Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's what we do on the network. Keep a lookout for the Locked On NFL YouTube channel, by the way, because Peacock and Williamson is coming. If you want a chance to, to look at us while we talk about the NFL. We're going to lose so many subscribers. I know. It's like, are you sure you <laughs> want to do this to the Locked On NFL YouTube channel? It's doing pretty well. Uh, so, yeah, that is to come. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you here once again at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Getting into offense and defense, the top players in the draft. Matt shuffling up those position groups to just, you know, let's talk about who the best of the best are offense and defense. Matt Williamson's top tens but first some really sad news in the nfl and for your pittsburgh steelers matt I mean, just a, a shocker 24 years old and i'm surprised how young dwayne haskins still was right and uh such a an un- unfortunate incident runs out of gas on the freeway and loses his life way too young and i, I saw a bunch of stuff recently matt and, and you could probably talk about this more because i didn't know much about dwayne haskins at all off the field i just knew about you know the the rocket arm the Ohio right, State right, right. stuff got drafted in the first round and then bounced to the 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 Pittsburgh Steelers. So I, I only really knew about him on the football field, but I've seen a lot of stuff of people talking about him. I've seen a few videos of him and even one video with him and Najee Harris. They're working out, I think, in Florida somewhere. Right. And just seeing his personality, I didn't realize that the type of personality he was off the field. He was well liked at this really bubbly, fun personality. Yeah. And I don't know him personally, but I know obviously the organization and um, he was very popular. I mean, again, if you just look at it's one of the things that bothers me about this business, but I've you know come to grips with it long ago that many of us, myself, you, everybody included, looks at a guy like Haskins who comes out of Ohio State, very young, struggles in a tough situation, was in a strip club without a mask. So all of a sudden you think you know the guy, you know, and you don't yeah, exactly. because they're, they're human beings. He's 24 years old. He made some probably some small mistakes that in the scheme of life were very small in his early, early 20s. And, and who I can, amongst can, us in their early 20s didn't make some small or large mistakes, right? Right. That might have been even bigger than going to a strip club without a mask, you know? Yes. Um, but I will say, yes, you're 100% right. He was very popular. He was very well liked. You can see why Ohio State was so high on him at the time. I mean, they basically picked him over Burrow, you know, which worked out fine for Ohio State, by the way. You know, I mean, I don't think they're regretting it. I mean, look, we look at it now and say, boy, but Burrow's a better player. But, you know, Haskins had a lot of attributes as well. Um, it's sad. I, I mean, I don't have a lot more to add to it. It just happens to be my team would bring it up no matter what. But I do have a little inside information that people very much liked him as a person. And he's got a family and kind of breaks your heart, you know. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a bummer at any age to anybody when something like that happens. And it just reminds you, you know, 
give a little hug to your loved ones, making sure everyone knows how you feel about them because uh, you never know the the blink of an eye, you know, the snap of a finger, and it can all be over. And from what I understand, like you said, he broke down, you know, ran out of gas on a highway, got out of his car, and was instantly hit by a truck and probably killed on the spot. And one of my best friends is a a uh, longtime doctor here at a, you know, a major hospital here in Pittsburgh. And he, he told us, he's like, you'd be shocked how many deaths happen on the side of the road in those type of incident incidents, you know, like, and I can just picture it. I'm not even you know, thinking about Haskins specifically. It's like, God damn, I just ran out of gas. I pulled on the side of the road. I'm going to get out of my car abruptly and boom, this truck doesn't see you. It's going 80 miles an hour. You yeah, know, like it, it's a lot more dangerous than people realize. It was a, like a dump truck or something like that, right? I According think so, to yeah, reports. Yeah. And so big truck that's a little bit wider than your car or wider than the car you expect. And it doesn't see you at all. And uh, man, it doesn't have a lot of mobility to get out of the way. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah it's awful. So. I mean, yeah, and it hits, it hits close to home. I lost my my mother that way uh, many years oh, ago. Wow. She was in a she was in a car accident on the freeway. It wasn't a you know it wasn't like a breakdown where she got out of the car or anything, but she was in a, in a major accident uh, on the freeway. And uh, wow. yeah, it's it's scary, man. That's terrible. So I had to bring that up. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunate news to talk about today, and it has to be covered. And it is. Um, it, it always reminds you too, because we get really too, Matt, on this show. We're talking about the NFL every day. We're talking about the NFL draft. We're talking about, oh, is this guy a fifth rounder or a sixth rounder, right? We get into right, the right, minutia right. of the NFL and the details. And then sometimes it's just an instant zoom out where you realize, uh, you know, it's not all that important, right? The the mock drafts, and it's like, oh, what a terrible mock draft I looked at today. Oh, yeah, there's life and death too that exists in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, Haskins is a bum. He's a bust. Blah, 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 blah. Well, he's right. also a person. Yeah, exactly. He's a human being. And so, um, yeah, sometimes the football stuff isn't all that important, which is why it's fun to talk about it, because sometimes it takes your mind off of the things that might be a little bit too heavy on right. a day-to-day right. basis. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So, um, and, and I will say so many people reached out to me, and I'm sure you got this too, during you know the, this whole COVID pandemic we've lived with for the last couple of years that hey, I'm so glad you went to the radio station every day or did a, a podcast with Brian to help us keep our mind off the real ugly stuff in the world. I, I well, get that if I can the, do that, that's great. I, I love that. I get that all the time from people all over everywhere. And they say, man, I, I was having this tough time. I was doing this, and I loved hearing you guys every day. I, I've, heard, I've heard your voice more times than anybody else in the world over the course of the last few years. And that blows my mind when I hear that. Uh, and, yeah, so if we can help people you know, enjoy their day a little bit more, that's what we're here for. Yeah, it's unbelievably rewarding. I mean, it's a pretty cool deal. So things are still churning in the NFL. We've seen some signings around the league. Before we get to your top tens on offense and defense for the NFL draft, Matt, some teams preparing for the NFL draft, and we're seeing some signings, not big money free agent signings over the last few weeks, but a lot of sort of of bottom-of-the-roster players coming in, going on visits with teams. Uh, I know the 49ers, for example, brought in Kimoko Toure, who was a a fourth-round pick a couple years ago, an edge rusher, and had some injury problems with the Colts. And they haven't signed him yet, but it's a sign that the 49ers are looking at that position in the draft. And they're thinking, well, we can draft a one-dimensional sort of edge rusher at 61, but the top pass rushers will probably be gone. What if we go a different direction in the draft and just sign Kimoko Toure, who's a similar style style player, might have some more meat on the bone, right, uh, as as an edge rusher for our team, and we can spend our resources elsewhere. And we're seeing a lot of that with a lot of the teams around the league right now yeah and it's an interesting time because you and i will have a little bit of a difficult time coming up with content until that thursday night because teams are kind of locked down but there are these little interesting moves that if you start to really look especially with your team that you know best you mentioned the niners and you know what their thought process all is and 
you know, the Steelers with Terrell Edmonds, they've been flirting with him. Are they going to sign him or not? Or do they love a safety in the first round? Mm -hmm. You know, and just the fact that some of these things are going on really can be good indicators of the team's thinking and team building. And some of them, I don't know if this is true with Terrell or not, but some of them are, I want to get that guy in my building so I can get a physical on him. We will basically hammer out a contract and there's a 80 or 90% chance that we offer him that deal maybe depending on the draft, maybe going into the draft. Um, they're all kind of different. You know, let me, I have you on speed dial. If this one guy falls with us, I'm going to grab him and I'm not going to call you, but we don't think we're going to get that guy. And, you know, especially with you know, without first round picks like the Niners. Mm-hmm. And then there's ones like the Ravens, they're going to bring back Calais Campbell. I think that's reasonably big news. He's still a really good player. He's an awesome leader. And I, they probably look at the interior D line class and think, there's some guys we like, but we we really want to win this thing this year, and Calais can help us do that, and we're very familiar with him, and hopefully we can kind of keep his snaps, you know, at a minimum or, you know, manageable level at his age and get a lot out of the guy. And it's funny because we looked at our dueling mock drafts we did, our most recent mock drafts, and it's time for an update. I got, I got a two-rounder coming pretty soon, I think, Matt, potentially oh, here, um, and that should be a lot of fun. And by the way, you talked about content leading up to the draft, a lot of draft content. We're going to get deeper into position yeah, groups will, and team will. needs and have some guests on as well as we get ready for this thing. But does, does this change? Like, Elias Campbell's not the youngest guy. You would think that you're drafting players not only for year one of their careers. In the first round, you would hope a first-round pick would you know, make an impact for your team. But you're thinking long-term as well. Does this change things for you? Because we both had. I think you had Davis and I had Wyatt, the Georgia teammates, at 14 to the Ravens in our mock drafts. Does this change things for you, knowing that that was a huge need for them, but they brought back Elias Campbell? No, because he is up in age. Um, not that it's a gaping hole even before Campbell, but with the Ravens specifically, I think they have four fourth round picks. I mean, they have so they have a ton of draft capital that they'll probably draft a defensive tackle with one of their top six or seven picks, all of which are in the top four rounds, any which way you cut it. Um, Davis or Wyatt still makes a ton of sense to me. Davis in particular is right. much different than Calais Campbell. I mean, you know, Campbell is closer to a three four. Uh, the end than he is, you know, a nose tackle, that's for sure. So I don't think it moves the barometer at all. It just adds another leader. And really, who would be a better mentor for Wyatt or Davis or whoever than Calais Campbell? Good point. Yeah, you want to you want to set that up for some mentorship yeah, exactly, down the road right. as well. Right. I mean, maybe it's even more likely they're going to take one now. You know, hey, Calais, this is your job. Get Jordan Davis to be the best nose tackle in the league. We okay, always hear, got it. We always hear about the stopgap, you know, veteran quarterback that can help mentor a young quarterback. What about that on the defensive line? I think it helps oh. everywhere, right? It helps everywhere to have those oh. leaders on your team for the long, young players and set the tone, set the culture for those guys. Oh, man. I, I mean, Williamson always brings it back to the Steelers. But honestly, like going back to Joe Green, you know, the Steelers have had a D lineman that was the hammer in the locker room. You know, like now it's Cam Hayward, you know, and there's been many in between, Aaron Smith, guys like that. That's not an accident. And I'm just using the Steelers because I know them best. But a big concern, I think, with the team right now is they've lost Alvin Lenueva, Ramon Foster, Pouncey, who was like the biggest leader on the team, the Castro and Roethlisberger off an offense, basically in a two-year stretch. And none of those guys can play anymore. They're old, but they're all supreme leaders. Now it's like, is Najee Harris our leader? You know what I mean? Like, teams need to worry about that stuff. 
So we mentioned those Georgia defensive tackles. How high do they rank in Matt Williamson's top 10 defensive players in the NFL draft? We'll, we'll shuffle up the offense and the defensive side of the ball here as it pertains to the NFL draft. Matt Williamson's top 10s on both sides of the ball next. Bet Online is your number one source for all betting stats and information this season. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering information, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. And of course, those tasty NFL draft props one of my favorite things to bet on all year long as april's so fun baseball starting you got something every day multiple games to bet on every day the ncaa tournament has gone you know i mean april is amazing and the nfl draft nothing better love the draft props feel like i got a little advantage on the house too when it comes to those nfl draft props so listen to peacock and williamson and then go win some money at bet online head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at bet online where the game starts Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL. We've got a ton of draft coverage coming here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, Peacock and Williamson coming soon to a YouTube channel near you, Locked On NFL. So make sure you go subscribe to that one before we even get there. Okay, Matt, we've got top 10s. We're starting on the defensive side of the ball here. Who are your top 10 defensive players for the 2022 NFL Draft? And what was your process in trying to suss this out? Yeah, the assignment was from Steelers.com. They asked me, give me your top 10 offense, top 10 defensive players. And they were very vague about it, but I took it this way. Not how would I draft them. I gave no value to position value. Like when we get to offense, I didn't bump up quarterbacks just because they're quarterbacks. If the best player in this draft is a guard, fine. If the best player in this draft was a running back, he's one. You know, like, so I didn't look at it like, boy, I would take this guy over this guy. I just looked at it from a very generic standpoint. If I'm writing this player up and putting a grade on him, I'm going to put what that grade is, and I'm going to go from 1 to t- one to 10 that way. And we can sort out our board after that. I like it. I love that. So let's start with number one. Who is your number one defensive player, regardless of positional value, in the 2022 NFL draft? This It wasn't easy. I mean, defense to me is much more loaded in the top 10 than offense, and I think we'll get to that point. I went with Sauce Gardner, and that's not a knock on the edge, guys. Their names are going to be coming very quickly. But this guy's 6'3 and almost 200 pounds with an 80-inch wingspan and a great tape and to the point where teams just didn't even throw at him anymore. And a lockdown man-to-man corner that's going to follow, you know, Devontae Adams or whoever around, that to me is the best player in the draft. He's my, I mean, if we were combining these, he'd be number one. It's funny because he keeps climbing and climbing, and my yeah. colleague Eric Crocker, he does the Locked On NFL Draft show as well as my co-host on, on Locked On 49ers, and he's a former DB, you know, and, and he knows the position, and he very early in the process mocked Sauce Gardner number three to the Texans, and people kind of wow. scoffed at it at first. 
And I'm starting to see that a little bit more from some, you know, uh, some very large media folks out there. And I think there is some serious juice with Sauce Gardner. And I, I've had him to four to the Jets. I don't think he gets out of the top five. Like Sauce Gardner no. is legit and he checks every box. And even some of the best prospects in this class don't check every box like Sauce does. Length, yeah. you know, size, athleticism, um, top speed and feet with that length. You know, and so that's such a great combination. And he's a dog too. The way he plays, oh, like he wants yeah. to be the shutdown guy. And by the way, off the field, he, he I saw an interview with him. Uh, someone was asking him about you know uh, you know off field stuff, going out, nightlife, you know what you know vices. And he's like, yeah, I don't drink or I've never drank, drank or right. done a drug in my life. Like that's the, yeah. like this dude is focused. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a Jalen Ramsey like prospect who's like the best in the last ten years. But he's an elite corner prospect that is exactly what you want for today's NFL. I love it. Yeah. Number two on your list is the guy who's number one for the most part. And it seems like his grip on number one has been somewhat tenuous, but still kind of right there at number one. I don't know if Hayden Hutchinson ends up going number one overall after all, but probably doesn't get past the top two picks in this class. And he's your number two guy. Yeah. I mean, the arm length thing worries me a little but I think he's extremely safe production, athletic ability, dedication to the game, leadership. He's six, seven, you know, people forget that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not miles Garrett, but he's just a really, really good prospect. And it would shock me to no end. If he's not a successful NFL pro, he may not be the right. best defensive end in the league, but you know, it, one of the most important things that sometime overlooked about, especially defensive linemen and edge rushers is the motor. Cause you very rarely in the NFL get right. those clean instant. I ran the arc and I'm more athletic than you sacks in the NFL. Like you see in college, a lot more speed to power and a lot more second effort sacks. And Aiden Hutchinson is going to be very good in that regard. And I agree with you. Safest player, maybe in the draft. Yeah. This next guy is not safe, but nope. he may end up being the highest ceiling in the draft. That's Trevon Walker, of course, from Georgia. I, I almost put Walker ahead of Hutchinson, but I, I more and more, maybe I'm getting conservative my old age. I, I've been using the term from press your luck, just no whammies in the first round. Walker might be a whammy. You know, I mean, there's a chance he doesn't work out, but oh man, I mean, the clay to work with this guy is the best clay you've ever seen. You know, some of these guys aren't going to work out and you can see how yeah, it's with Trayvon Walker. But there's a reason you, you bet on him too. And he's, it's not like he's done nothing either. And he was asked, right. to, he, he's going to be a run stuffing defensive end that can move around he has got violent hands long arms and power and that plays in the nfl i mentioned running the arc in the nfl speed to power works in the nfl more often than just running around guys and running around these huge athletic offensive tackles so i do like trayvon walker for that and i would not be shocked how high he goes and maybe number one overall yeah 100 percent number four is a guy that's maybe lost a little footing and he's been he was kind of the number one guy when you take out positional value for a lot of the process for a lot of people, Kyle Hamilton, not great workouts, but you still see the range on the field. He's number four for you on defense right now. Yeah. And I would admit a month ago before workouts, I would have had him one overall at any position, but I'm not holding the 40 times. I mean, we're splitting hairs here. I still think I'd take him over any offensive player just in terms of the grade you put on the player. The tape is awesome. He's six, four, you know what I mean? Six four safeties that are 220 pounds just in itself is such an advantage against tight ends or, okay, you run a 4-6, but you don't look it on tape. You still get to the ball with that long arms and the tip of your fingers quicker than the guy that runs a 4-4. You know I mean? He just covers a ton of ground. Mm-hmm. He's a great player. He's a great player. And I would love to see yeah. the GPS times on him, which I wish we had yeah. more access to in the media. 
because teams, I think, are going more and more on GPS times and not 40 times because you really see how fast they're moving on a field. When Kyle Hamilton's moving with those long legs, he covers ground, period. He does. I mean, the tape, you would never watch and be like, boy, he came sort of slow. No. I, I can't figure out Derek Stingley, the prospect. I, I wouldn't be I shocked if either. he's the first defensive player selected, really, you know, or the first cornerback at least selected. And I wouldn't be surprised if he falls, you know, mid first round. I'm not sure how teams feel about him, but he's got all the ability in the world. I mean, there's definitely a whammy factor here. I also think he might rival, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in the league two years from now. You know, I mean, kind of has that Dion feel to him of I'm going to do my own thing. Leave me alone on an island. And, you know, and a lot of things went wrong at LSU. And I think he made some business decisions in terms of playing or not. But then he goes to the pro day and just blows it up. And you remember what he is. I mean, just been a while. Jordan Davis comes in as your number six defensive player in this NFL draft. He's a nose tackle. He didn't play, you know, the 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 bulk of the snaps on defense. Is mm-hmm. that because of his ability? He's not a three down player. Is that because of conditioning? The guy still won the Outland Trophy, by the way. Is this a guy's just going to be a much better pro than a college player, even though he was a really good college player too? I think so. You know, I mean. Uh, this would be something to talk to the, I don't know the, the advantages of talking to Georgia's strength and conditioning coach and, you know, the, the, those type of yeah. things. But when we mentioned Wyatt, I mean, he could easily be on this list. He isn't, but he's probably going the first round. And then the kid, that he, the, the, the other one that is better than both of them. So uh, are we going to kill any of those guys for being rotational players? And why not rest Davis a fair amount, especially when you're winning by 50 in the fourth quarter? Like, Snap counts for some of these teams are a little misleading mm-hmm. in that you're winning by a thousand. Why not put the redshirt freshman in and get him some practice time? You know, and, and I, I think the the Trayvon Walker thing on that same defensive line too. They had so much talent there, and they kept their uh, their safeties and their linebackers clean. They clearly coached these guys to take on blocks first, right, and not just right. you know get after the quarterback. So I, I think there is more with all of those Georgia defenders potentially up front, which is kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, let Tyndall and those other linebackers just stay free and they'll make every play. Well, that works. We'll win the national championship doing that. Yeah. Good deal, you know. Kayvon Thibodeau, another seems to be slider in this NFL draft process. Still top 10 defensive guy for you. Edge rusher out of Oregon. Yeah, there's some Stingley factors there, too. I mean, I think there's a big whammy potential there. Um, he scares me a little more than Stingley because I frankly think you can be selfish and a me guy as a corner and just leave me on an island and you 10 go play with those 10 and I'll lock this guy down where if Thibodeau's taking plays off I think that's worrisome um but he's very talented he's gonna go early he has a chance to be great um I don't think he's a great bender you know contrary to popular belief because just because he's a stand-up guy he's not Von Miller in terms of gumbiness Mm -hmm. you know I mean he's kind of a run through you guy and that worries me a little Another edge, Jermaine Johnson going in the opposite direction. Put on a show at Mobile in the Senior Bowl. Great workouts at the Combine. Just checking off every part of the process now after a really good season. A lot of sacks at Florida State coming in at number eight for you. Yeah, I mean, heavy hands, powerful, plays hard, talented. The only thing you can hold against him is he transferred from the greatest defense I've probably ever seen and went to another huge school and did great things. You know, it's kind of like the the Jamison Williams leaving Ohio state, but he went to Bama. He didn't go to Akron, you know I mean? So, uh, and he's been great every step of the way since 
uh, he seems pretty safe to me. I mean, if I'm in the, the teens, I'm real happy to land Jermaine Johnson. Who comes in at number nine on your top 10 D vendors in this class, Matt? Another one I think is super safe, Trent McDuffie. Um, he's under six foot. He's under 200 pounds. I think he can be an elite slot guy, but I also think he can play outside. He's tenacious. I mean, these Washington defensive backs, I don't know what they're teaching them, but it's, it's working It's working well. I mean, the, the, the ferocity in which they play the game um, really shows up. He's an elite zone corner. I just think he does everything really, really well. And I love this one. To finish out your top 10, this is a name that probably some are quite prepared to hear. And I, I, I think there's going to be a couple of safeties in this class that go a lot higher than people expect at yeah. number 10, Matt, who is uh, the final member of your top 10 for defenders for this class. First of all, David Ajabo would have been named by now, but you have to take the injury into account. You know, that, that's a fact. You can't avoid it. I was torn between Devin Lloyd, who I left off this list, and Dax Hill from Michigan. And I've done more and more safety work because the Steelers haven't signed Edmonds and they need a safety. And I'm liking this class more and more and more. Lewis Seen also got some thought for me here. Mm -hmm. But Hill, I mean, his profile is really not that much different than like Stingley or or any of these top corners. I mean, he's six foot 190 with a great corner physical makeup, but they use him in the slot. They blitz him. He covers, you know, He's the cover of Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara and Travis Kelsey, and he's going to blitz and he might play some single high. I mean, he's a six foot version of the honey badger. Put him anywhere. You can man him up in the slot. You can put him deep. Uh, you can play mm-hmm. strong safety with him, interchangeable with whatever safety you have. So I love Dax Hill. He might go higher than a lot of people expect. Yeah. High character, tough, you know, phenomenal athlete, all the attributes. I, I, I think he is going to shock people when he goes, 15 to 25 illustrates the depth of this class too it might not be super top heavy but a ton mm-hmm. of really good players going all the way it's going to go deep into the second round with i think some teams getting first round value on their boards and a lot of boards probably look a lot of different because these guys there's not that much separating no right and tons of it are just need and what you ask of the position and all that good stuff too you know matt williamson's top 10 offensive players in the nfl draft coming up next not often can you say things like brownie batter and healthy snack in the same sentence and you can do that with built bar because built bars are a little bit of magic actually is what is i i don't even get it but low in calorie high in protein low in sugar low in net carbs high in fiber it's exactly what you're looking for in a snack it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and all built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate yeah real chocolate delicious dark Beautiful, velvety, not this brown colored fake substance that you see sometimes. Replace all of your candy bars, all of those bad for you snacks and all of your secret hiding spots at work, in the car, at home, in the pantry. Replace those with Built Bars. 130 calories in most Built Bars. 4 grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein, including Built Bar Puffs, which are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. New flavors going up all the time at Built com. If you're not sure what flavor you want to try, grab a mixed box of Built Bars. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off of that order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Here we go. Matt Williamson's top 10 offensive players in the NFL draft. You're a couple of weeks out. We're getting close to this thing, and it starts with the offensive tackles for you at one and two. Matt, what was the deciding factor for you between Evan Neal out of Alabama and Iki Ekwanu from North Carolina State? They're kind of uh, 50-50 on everybody's boards. How did you decide between these two? Yeah, they were 50-50 for me, too. And with all respect to these guys, most years they would not be the highest-ranked offensive player in the entire draft. But they're both really good. I wish Iki Ekwanu was six, seven and a half like Neil is. I wish Neil was as explosive and powerful as Ekwanu is. But I went with Ekwanu just because he's a little more fun to watch. He's a little bit more of a trendsetter. But, I mean, we're really splitting hairs here. Both of them might end up even being guards, which doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement, but they'd be great at it. Like, these guys are elite talents. Picking between the two was really not easy for me. Here's one that is probably one of the players in the first round is going to be, aside from the quarterbacks, hardest to place because of his ACL injury so late in the season in the national championship game. Your number three offensive player behind the tackles is Alabama wide receiver Jameson Williams. I get the impression the teams are more and more likely to take him higher than people think as well. Um, they lump these two together too. Garrett Wilson is four. Uh, that was not an easy decision for me, but I just think Williams, when healthy, and I, I dinged Ojabu just a minute ago, is clearly the best receiver in this class. But I did weigh the injury. Wilson and Nalave worry me a little bit just because I think being a wide receiver at Ohio State is pretty easy work. Not that it's not at Bama, you know, but the speed that Williams has matched with the toughness is a pretty deadly combination. So you go OTOT back to back, then wide receiver, wide receiver back to back with Jamison Williams, then Garrett Wilson. Do you think it's odd that Jamison Williams used to play behind both those guys, but universally is thought of a as, a, as a better prospect? A little. I also think, kind of like we talked about the Georgia D tackles, that Ohio State has a receiver that's better than either one of the two that are coming out this year. <laughs> it's crazy and, you know yeah. so, i mean these factories I, I don't know that i can hold against them and alabama's got another guy that might go number one overall next year as a pass rusher even though they're bringing oh yeah tons of guys into the league every year off of that defensive line it's not he's like the best edge prospect i've ever seen but that's oh, we'll talk gosh. about that after the draft yeah that's that's next april okay um charles cross so we're going uh offensive tackle for the Third time in five players here. Cross is your fifth best offensive player in the draft. Are you worried about the offense he played in? Yeah, very much so. I mean, again, I'm not impressed with this offensive list when you do it like this. Like, Charles Cross is a fine prospect. He's very talented. He's suited for the NFL as a pass blocker, but he hardly ever runs blocks. I mean, most years, someone like Charles Cross to me is the 18th or 20th pick in the draft and the 10th best offensive player in the draft, not the fifth. This is why I I think teams might take less to trade down. Is a team that's about to draft Evan Neal or Iki Iquanu in the top five really just going to say no to extra picks because they this this player yeah. they can't pass up on? You know, uh, Jameson Williams with the ACL. He could go top five, top ten. He could be there in the 20s. He could follow the second round. I have no idea where any of these guys are going to go. Like, the depth is yeah. good, and I think everybody's draft board, this might be one of the wildest drafts with some trades and everyone's draft boards being so different because some of these prospects are just so close. Yeah, and the next guy on my list, Drake London, I could absolutely see the Jets or whomever having him as their favorite receiver. I mean, he's 6'4", he's a basketball-type guy. A lot of these receivers in this class are smaller, 
So maybe he's the first one taken. I mean, if all odds are equal, he might be my pick to be the first one selected. I just don't like him quite as much as those others because, boy, I see a lot of contested catches that he does great on tape. But, man, I mean, I'd like to see a little more separation, you know. And due to that ankle injury for Drake London, he still hasn't run, which is the big question for him. He's got his own personal pro day April 15th, so it's coming up next week and might get some clarification on him, and and that'll really affect probably his draft stock. Some some teams want to check off the speed box, I'm sure. 100%. And usually there's a reason these guys don't run. I mean, I know he's got an injury, but he's going to push it back as long as possible for sure because it's not what he does well. I mean, it's not his best attribute. And again, another prospect here, Tyler Linderbaum, the top center in this class. Right. He's only 6'2", less than 300 pounds, and he's a really good player. But some teams are just going to say, that guy's too small. I'm not going to draft him in the first round. So I don't know where he goes in this class. He may not be a first-round pick. I mean, he's a tremendous center prospect for your shanty teams. You know, I mean, get downfield, technically yeah. sound, leverage, you know, snap in the hips. But he's... He's listed at 296 at the combine. I bet he played at 290 at most, and that's what his most comfortable weight. And he's got very short arms. Like in the centers in the league, he's going to be – I heard. don't quote me on this, but he's either going to be the shortest arm starting center in the league next year or second. You know, like it's alarming. And I have him as the seventh best player because his tape's awesome, but uh, he's far from the sure bet that I thought he was when I started watching him the first time around. He's the exact opposite of someone like Trayvon Walker, where you think there's more there, better pro than a college player. Linderbaum, you right. worry, oh, man, he's so good against college talent. You get to the NFL, and uh, is, is he, he just going to – Is he maxed you know? out? Right, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Here's one who's not going to go in the top eight picks of the NFL draft because of positional value, but is absolutely the top running back in this class and has checked every single box he could in the lead-up to the class, and that is Iowa State running back Brees Hall. Yeah, Kenneth Walker almost made my list, too. I still have questions about him as a pass catcher and in protection. I don't have those questions about Hall. And I'm not saying I would take him over every offensive player in this draft, but but seven. I just think that he's a high-quality, you know, starting running back that's going to be probably a top-ten player in his position. Like in the dynasty world, he's the first overall pick in rookie drafts right now. That makes all the sense in the world. Catches a ball well. He's a really good prospect, but he's a running back. You know, how much value to put in that? A lot of offensive linemen on your list here, Matt, and it finishes with two more and another interior guy here, Zion Johnson out of Boston College, who similarly to a guy who's in a similar spot on your defensive side of the list, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, Zion Johnson did the same thing. Go to Mobile, Alabama. Wow, everybody. One of the best players on that side of the ball there. You go to the combine. You check everything off for every team that's worried about you as a prospect. There's no, there's not a lot of holes in Zion Johnson's game. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like we talked about with Aiden Hutchinson, who's going to go much earlier than Zion. If I had to bet on a player on each side of the ball that won't be a bust, that's the whole thing. You're going to be a good player. Mm -hmm. You're worth the pick you're taking. I think that's Zion Johnson completely. Just passes every test. You know, I have a heart. The negative columns like empty. Who's number 10? Who is the 10th best player on the offensive side of the ball? on your list, Matt, as we get ready for the NFL draft. Again, like the 10th on your defensive side, uh, maybe a name that could surprise some people how high he goes. Yeah, Trevor Penning. I mean, he's a massive brawler attitude, which 
I wonder if a little of that's manufactured, you know, like he's a WWE heel or something. I mean, some of the stuff he's done is kind of <laughs> like, just pay, look at me, you know. I, I like to watch, you know, scary movies before my game. Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the guys that show up and they've got just paint all over their faces instead right, of just the right. eye black. Right, right. You yeah. see that guy roaring and, you know. Uh, his technique could use a little bit of work, but he's a really good athlete and he's a high-quality prospect as well. Again, he just edged out Kenneth Walker, you know. And then there's some other receivers and, um, I guess, you know, the, the, the storyline here is no quarterbacks in my top 10. You know, if I'm just giving out flat grades, yep. Willis, my number one quarterback, wouldn't get as good a grade as Penning or Walker. Would I take Willis over Walker? Of course I would. But there's a lot of concerns with these quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and like how far down the list would you go taking positional value out of it before a quarterback would even show up on this list? Would there be mm. five, ten more guys? Probably pretty soon. Uh, I mean – I'm not in love with the Lave, um, some of the other receivers, the Dotsons and those guys I think are high quality prospects, but I'd probably take Willis over them. Certainly take him over any tight end. Um, the offense isn't very good this year. It's a sort of a pick your flavor side, sort of the offensive thing. Like uh, a team that loves Tyler Linderbaum might not like, say, Trevor Penning as much. They couldn't be right? any more different. Or right. vice versa. So, um, right. Or, right. Or Trevor Penning and Charles Cross, right? We talked about that with the Seattle Seahawks. I feel like they're a Penning team, but Charles Cross gets mocked there because he's usually thought of as a better Higher prospect because he's past yeah. blocking ability, but I don't know if he fits what they like to do mentality wise. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. And that's what makes the draft so fun. So. Buckle up. Seattle's a great example for those two t- tackles. Oh, and, and like, Seattle's always like just better, right? Seattle's just their board is just wild anyway. The some of the players right. they take, you're like, wait, L.J. Collier, what the heck? You're, you have to go like pages deep into your booklet to find L.J. Collier. You're like, okay, this is a first round guy. I guess that's weird. They could take Falele in the top ten. You know, <laughs> you know. I can't wait. Oh, this is gonna be so fun. <laughs> I love the NFL draft. More draft coverage here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Thanks for making us your first listen. We got you covered every day. Soon to be on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. So go subscribe there now. So you get our first episode when we do show up there very soon. And for your second listen, check out Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy doing a Locked On NFL Draft Daily here on the network. Check out Matt doing Locked On Dynasty Football as well. Your team is covered no matter the sport. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.